All right, so Made in Trafford podcast episode 78. I'll go right this time. I didn't go right last week, so I had to get back on. But um, episode 78, uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Retweet, you know what to do. Um, all right, so 78, I'm going to let the people introduce themselves. First, I've got to introduce the guest. This is this is family, went to school together. Um, so glad we've managed to get her on. Um, Alia, tell the people about yourself? Um, hi, I'm Ali Loren. Um, I'm a DJ, I've done radio presenting and stuff as well. And um, I can say like content creator, I work with brands and stuff as well. So yeah, all around kind of mix of stuff. Mm, mm. All right, Iman. <laughs> Listen, people, what's happening? Shout outs to all my dons in Mumbai. Shout outs to all my Gs in New Delhi and that. Feel me. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, man. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, big up yourself. Shouts, yeah, of course, man. Shouts to, to the new listeners. Um, this E-Man, you know, of course, this episode 78. You know what I mean? Fact. Yeah, India, we see you, man. We see them charts. <laughs> yeah. For sure, for sure. Uh, Colson is in the building. Don Collier. Mm. Is what it is. When it isn't, we here. Let's do this. And I am two dems. So, yes, let's get into it. Episode 78. Um, all right. So, the way we're going to start is, Alia, we just want to get a, a bit of a, I don't want to say understanding, but we just want to talk about you a bit more, you know, and your career DJing, how did you get into it, all of that sort of stuff, and just give us some insight into who you are. Okay. So, I started doing radio presenting. God, when was it? It was like 20. Oh, can I even pinpoint a time on it? Was it 2014, 2013? I can't remember the exact time. A long time ago, basically. Mm. And I met my friend, Rebecca Judd, who is now on Beats One. So she's sexually interviewing everyone, everyone you can think of now. Yeah, shout um, out to Rebecca. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you guys know who she is. She's brilliant. Um, and she was doing radio hosting at the time. So I was like speaking to her. I thought, oh, cool. Let me try and do radio hosting. Let me get into it. So mm. I don't know if you've heard of Represent. That's quite a big station. It was yeah. Peckham. Yeah, it's a really, really good station for the youth. So they was doing like training sessions. There was an ad for it saying, if you want to get into radio and stuff like that, we're doing training. So I thought, cool, let me apply whilst I was in uni. And I hated uni at the time. Like it just wasn't like I studied law for like a month and then I switched to English and I just thought this just isn't for me. Mm. I started doing the training and I was like religious, like relentless with it. Like I went to all the training sessions, like I went hand with everything. And obviously the radio station recognized that quite a lot. So then within like a month, like they asked me to start covering shows on the station while other people were still training, which was insane. So I started doing some covering shows at Rep. And I think a month after that, they asked me to have my own like show. I think it was like midday. It was like playing mainstream stuff, but then I got to like implement some things that I wanted to play. So I started playing some grime stuff. And then I went to LA, um, stayed there for like a month or something. But whilst I was in LA, I got shouted by Gavin, who is at Radar. I don't know if you heard of Radar Radio before they all like happened and stuff. So yeah, I was. They shouted me to have my complete own grime show, um, just for me. And I was like, oh god, Owen and Aaron, should I leave Rep? Because I've been with them like for a short time, but they really helped me out. And then I Mm. go into Radar because obviously it was such a big opportunity. And then I was on Radar for a couple years, which was like sick whilst it was sick, basically. Um, Mm. Even though all the stuff that happened, I'm grateful for the opportunity, but all the stuff that happened after, yeah, obviously I can't, I can't agree with that whatsoever. But yeah, I did that, and then Gavin was a like he's an amazing mentor. 
um, he told me like, if you're doing radio and stuff, you need to be doing DJing as well. It's going to open loads of doors and opportunities for you. So because oh, of yeah. him, I started going into practice room, practicing with other DJs um, that were on the station that really helped me out a lot. And yeah, and then slowly like my name started picking up a bit more, um, especially like obviously doing the ground show and stuff like that. And then slowly mm. brands and stuff. So I've done stuff like Urban Outfitters and other brands they've shouted me to like play at their stores and stuff like that. So slowly like my name's picked up. And um, yeah, it just blossomed from there. No, we love to see the progression. How hard is DJing? Like, really intrigued because there's definitely an art to it. You know what I mean? Like, playing the right song at the right time. And you know, a good That's DJ. Insane. Like, I always, I always know a good DJ when no one has to go up to them to ask them, "Can you play this?" I mean, sometimes it might still happen, but That's not me. what's the what's <laughs> You know what, that's so techie. It's so techie with that because each DJ has their own style and they like to play their mm. own things. So with me, I've had stages where I've like mixed grime or like I've done like, because I mainly do like rap and I play everything. Like I play tribal stuff, like techno. Yeah. If I feel like it mixes and beats well with it, then obviously I can mm. do it. But obviously it's so stressful because you go into the dance and you have to play things or you have to read the crowd to see what they like. Yeah. Like one minute they're going to like one thing. Another club might like something completely different. Do you know what I mean? And like, mm. Mm. Even I played in France once, they like all the techier kind of sounds. And then when I played at Wireless, like some of the stuff you could tell they weren't really feeling it or they was feeling it. So you really, it's quite hard to read the crowd. It's tough, yeah. It it's is. A tough and one. as gen, like time's gone on, like we had like the big hype with Grime and then obviously we're switching on mm. and stuff now. So like times are changing with what people were like preferring and stuff like that all the time. Mm. You have to keep up with it. Um, but yeah, like DJing, it's, it's like, it's different because people use Serato, so you have to watch the screen and make, like match the beats, or you can use Record Box and that like tell, brings up the tempos for you. And you just press play and like mix it in and stuff. But then you've got some people who are like doing the beat matching by ear, so they're listening and changing the tempo and stuff, which is obviously like you have to be skilled to do it. That's DJing for me. Like that's yeah, I that's super one hundred percent. It is hard. But the people that do do it and like, let's say you probably won't know who these people are, like Grand Mixer in general courts, they're like doing grime and stuff like that. Plus they play like loads of melodic stuff anyway. Um, if you watch them play, like they beat match to the T and the chopping mm. and the technicality of things. Like, I feel like there's two type of DJs. You've got the technicality ones that are like the DJs, like they're the ones that are like, you know, but then when you go out to the, like the dance or the rave, the dance, if you go out to the rave or whatever, or the event, you're probably like looking out for just like six tunes to be played. Do you know what I mean? Just mixing yeah. together. So it's, there's like different ranges to it. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite um, diverse. Do you want to say? Uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's insane to me because that is literally, I think it is a case of how good can you read the room? Mm. And it must be at times really tough. Have you been in situations where you've been, where you, express that situation at wireless where it's like what do i do here sort of thing especially because yeah. something like wireless is such a diverse amount of people yeah so with the wireless one i was doing it because i was on foundation fm for a little bit and they was doing the vip area so obviously if you want to go get your drinks and stuff like that but i didn't realize mm. how obviously busy it was going to be but it's wireless anyway um so it wasn't like main stage or anything like that but i was playing stuff and people were asking like oh have you got drake have you got this have you got that but like I was playing garagey stuff. I was playing a mix of it because you can't, mm. the crowd is so diverse. You don't know like what you're expecting to play and stuff like that. So that instance for me, I kind of had to take a step back from DJing, which I have done for a little while and kind of yeah. analyze what I want to do. But obviously with COVID and stuff that's happened, I've wanted to go practice room and practice mixing and stuff. And it's just not really possible right now. So right. hopefully when this is all done, um, I can actually go. Cause that's one thing I've wanted to do throughout this whole time is just literally try and perfect my craft and be like, yo, I'm watching Ali Laurent and she's sick like all round. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that is 
yeah, that is the next step, I guess, just trying to perfect it. For you, what is what is gonna what does perfection look like in terms of your ability to DJ? Oh, perfection to me, I feel like it's so weird because when I'm seeing DJs now, like I could watch a set and people might not pay attention to how the music's being played. If I hear something completely out, if I'm with someone, I'm like, oh my god, that tune's out. Can you hear it's out? And they're like, no, I can't notice it, but I can hear it. So like mm. Perfection to me is kind of stuff like that, which I haven't even completely mastered yet. I'm not even saying like, oh, I'm, I'm perfect. It's not even that. Like I'm, I'm knowing mm. I, I need a lot of work to do um, compared to a lot of people that I know that are like unreal. But like even music selections, I've been going on TikTok lately and seeing some other DJs like from all over the world. Some of the beats that they're putting together that you would never expect is like unbelievable. And you just turn around and think like, oh my God, like that's just such a unique mix to put together. Like mm. perfection is like knowing the beats and hearing two songs and being like, that's gonna like flow together plus the beat match. And I think that to me is like perfection. You hear yeah. the craziest, craziest matches on TikTok. I heard, um, oh my god! Like I heard, like Fifty Cent in the club and some there. random song. I was like, how, "How have you, how have you made that match in your head?" Like, no, impossible. I mean that's perfection. That's literally yeah. come on and be like, "Raw, I could never think those two things would go together." Like, it's amazing. I think I saw oh, no. Rihanna and something else. I can't remember, but I was, I had to watch it like fifty times. I was like, "Oh my god, this is literally insane. This is sick." There was one that I lost my mind. I can't. Uh, it was hot in here and she mixed it in with, I can't remember what she mixed it in with, but literally the way the, when she did it and it was, it was it perfect. So say that again? Jotty, was it a boiler room? It was a boiler room, yes. Everyone it was playing, I think. Yeah. And, I, and, and then everyone was hyping after. Mm. I think it's Jotty. Life changing. Yeah, that, yeah. That beat switch up was insane. And it's, my thing about it, what I love most is when you don't see it coming and they put something together and you've been like, how have you done that? Or mm -hmm. how did you, how did your brain even think to put those two songs together? But they do it masterfully. Um, yeah. Jotty, yeah, no, that went like TikTok viral, Twitter viral, <laughs> Instagram viral. I was like, oh my God, Jotty, like everyone was messaging her that knows her. Just like, oh my God, like this is sick. Like it took over completely. She's gained loads of followers from me. Like it's insane. Like. How did, how do you even, how do you think she had that moment though? Like what, that, what do you think? It's so Obviously it went viral because it's so sick, but like, what do you think went through her head when she was like, yo, I'm about to, this whole dance is over. Everyone going no, home what? after this. I don't even know when that boiler room was, but I think someone was obviously watching the boiler room, took a clip from it and was like, yo, this is sick. And then obviously mm. that just spread like wildfire. So I don't think it was even her playing it to be like, yo, this is going to go viral. She just done like a very sick set. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it just but like I'm... someone just picked it up and it just went mad, like. Yeah. No, but I think obviously... I don't think when people go viral, the intention is to ever go viral. But I guess yeah. my question is more, how did she have, like, what do you think, as a DJ to DJ, what do you think went through her head in that moment to be like, yo, this is going to go so well? Do you think it, like, is it chance or what I is it down to? you see her from her reaction in the video, she's like, like, she's telling you, like, yo, wait one minute, wait one minute. Like, you're going to mm. hit this drop and it's going to be sick. She already knows people are going to go off to it, whether that's already from reaction. Because obviously you can have, like, a list of songs or matches that you've had together and think, oh, I've gone into the rave before and that's already been a sick match. I know people are going to react to sick to Got that. You. So she's obviously, I don't know if she's played it before, but she melodically knows, like, yo, one minute, like, wait for the drop. This is going to mm. be bad. And then it just went off, yeah. Have you yeah. ever had a moment where you thought, oh, this is going to end the dance and it didn't and have you had a moment vice versa where you thought I don't know why that got people so gassed you know what I mean yeah I mean there was oh oh do you know what SBTV summer cookout I think I played 
was it nines and I mixed it with something else and like I don't know if you know like Jamal Edwards he done he does like SBTV summer cookout it was like some event mm. yeah. in the summer it was so sick and I remember playing and I it was years ago and I was playing and it was like not even the main room there was like two rooms the main main room and that like the outdoor bit and I was mixing and like it wasn't packed out and when I started mixing certain things the room just started like filling up. I had people tweeting mm. after saying, "Yo, you got people from the main room to come to your room." <laughs> like people, like the hype and stuff of it was so sick. So yeah, I can't remember. It was like nines and something else. Can I even? I think it was nines into like a Fredo tune, and then it just like it just like it went off. It was just so sick. And yeah, I loved that. Like, another time that I what? What was the negative part? Like, did you? Well, not negative, but like you thought, ah, oh, this would this would go off, and it didn't necessarily have the impact you were looking it, for. It didn't bang, like yeah, basically just looking didn't at you land. funny, yeah. It <laughs> it looking at you a bit funny, like yo. Oh, do you know what? what? I, did a, I did a booking, and it was, I think, by far my worst booking. And literally, it was more like the thing is, you think you're getting booked for the name, so you people book you because they know what you're playing. I got booked to play, and I had like two or three bashment tunes, and people were happy to that. I didn't have any like it was it was a rave. You could tell from the crowd on what people reacted to. They wanted to listen to Bashman or Afrobeats and stuff like that. I had three mm. tunes, bro. I had three tunes. <laughs> that was it. So I played other stuff, and then people come up to me saying, "Yo, have you got this? Have you got this? Have you got this?" Mm. And I was like, "There, like I've got to be here for like an hour, and I don't have Bashman." Wow. Tunes. Do you know what I mean? And that mm. just was a wake up call for me as well. Like I remember Gavin was saying to me, like, "You need to spread to different genres." I mm. if you want to DJ to anyone, and you're going to be a multi like genre G- DJ. Be prepared to have ev- bare tunes from every genre. Because I was standing there the whole time, people staring at me. I was like, I want to go home. Like this, and this is literally- <laughs> it was such. Oh, it was so bad. But it was a massive learning curve for me to be like no, to-, to have. Do you know what I mean? So mm. yeah, have free bashment tunes or Afrobeats tunes. Like make sure you have. A I big bet you went there. home and you was doing your Google's hard. Oh, I literally. <laughs> I think I'd, I just I was just cringing at myself for like ages. Like Alia, how did you even let that happen? And then no. like. Yeah, afterwards. Has streaming changed the game? Because I don't know. Could so would that still happen now? Because surely is your Spotify just hooked up to your Serato, or do you still have to download all your songs? Yeah, no, I so I don't use Serato. I just like obviously use USB, and then obviously I've been using Recordbox, but I'm trying to perfect doing beat matching and stuff. But if you're in like a lot of people now do use Recordbox because when you're going to the club and like you're playing tunes, it's a lot quicker to be like cool, move the tempo, and then you play the tunes together and stuff like that. Obviously, if you mm. want to do beat matching and stuff like that, then you can. Um, I, I download tunes, so mainly from like iTunes and stuff like that, and then upload it onto like my USB kind of thing. Yeah. So if you actually look at my Spotify thing, like looking at it, like I don't, I don't actually massively invest into Spotify as much as I should. I think I've got like three hundred tunes on there that I like, but it's a mix of everything. And I know yeah. some people are like, oh, I've got a folder of this, I've got a folder of this, I've got a folder. I need to be like that on Spotify, but I don't. It's more like on my laptop, really. So how do you how do you find new new tunes? Like what what's your where's your go to? Because obviously as a DJ, kind of need to be you know ahead of their game. Because sometimes I'll, I'll be out and about and I'll hear someone drop something in a set and I'm like, I wonder how this DJ came across this tune. Mm. Like what's your process like? Yeah, so I mean I've taken obviously a break for it for a while because obviously with COVID and stuff like that and just obviously wanting to get better anyway. But from what I was doing when I was like searching heavily, it was more so like um, SoundCloud at the time because I mm. like original tunes but I like remixes you know when someone's done like a drop of something or flipped it completely mm. Mm. she'll t- have like a classic tune like a layered tune and she'll flip it with like a bashment like um instrumental in the background or something like completely switch it up so mainly like SoundCloud and people that are like they want you to to play their remixes and stuff like that 
or um i mean like i think watching other people as well so even like if i'm looking at like tiffany calva she's on um radio one and stuff like that and one extra mm-hmm. like you're like whatever she's playing in in rap music whether it's uk america or other countries because she plays all over that's hot stuff right now that's stuff you should be listening to and playing and stuff like that she mm-hmm. exclusives and stuff like that that's the stuff that's actually gonna like flow in like clubs and stuff like that so it's like seeing what other radio presenters and like theaters are essentially playing but mainly like SoundCloud and iTunes and stuff like that. And just having an ear to what people are like on Twitter, social media, like, yo, this tune bangs. Yeah. They're obviously going to mm. find out when we can go out again. It's, tr- it's interesting because you don't even, like, even as a DJ, you probably listen to completely different stuff that you'd be playing at times. So it's, it must sometimes be jarring having to be like, I've got to play this tune because I know it's going to go off. Mm. But in oh. my mind, that's the last thing I want to listen to right now. <laughs> yeah, I, it's all what people want to like, you know, they, they want to play and stuff. I think it's Tiffany Calvary, she has something called, like called No Request. And some DJs just hate it when you ask <laughs> like, yo, can you play this tune? Can you play this? Because like, you're coming to see that person. I get you're on a night out and you're like, yo, I want to listen to Drake. Can you play some Drake? Do you know what I mean? But then sometimes like you have to leave the DJ to do what they're doing because they're... Yeah, the, they're sometimes you just have to trust the DJ. Exactly, yeah. You know what? I, I like what you said. Sometimes you have to trust the DJ because I remember one time in Agaluf, they were playing songs that weren't necessarily. I mean, if you read the room, the demographic, it just wasn't for us. Mm. For some strange reason, he played Temper T. And then it was just us four guys just bouncing up and down, just doing what we wanted to do. Everybody fled, like they, they fled away from the dance floor because they didn't know what was going on. No. But then after that moment, I think he realized that, yo, I've got a crowd. Let me just entertain these guys. And then a bunch of people started coming after that. So and then that was that was our club for like pretty much the whole entire week. But other than that, we still enjoyed. Has that ever happened to you where pretty much you've you've dispersed the crowd, but you've kept a group of people who still are entertained by your stuff? By your mixing, sorry. I've never I've never dispersed a crowd. I've never that's that's actually never happened to me where it's like actually I, sorry sorry about that we dispersed the crowd let, let me not like, <laughs> he was doing his thing innit <laughs> we dispersed the crowd yo I love we that we dispersed the crowd so yeah to, to um to rephrase that question yeah have you ever been in a position where pretty much you were DJing and you kept a group of people entertained but that's what kept you going think I've ever I don't think I've ever had a moment like that like I'm quite lucky at, at like a majority of events barring like the bashment one I've been playing stuff that like people like but I've never really had the only two of instances maybe mm, no I don't really think so I think the only two bookings I haven't really liked was that obviously the wireless one because I wasn't like playing I didn't have the stuff for the crowd essentially because I like mm. I said I play a mix of everything and then just obviously the the the, um, the bashment one the free tune bashment one that's the yeah I haven't really dispersed a crowd, not that I can think of. Mm-hmm. I've had like, a few that were just like, yo, we're here, like, keep going. Like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> actually had that, you know. It's either, like, the only two instances where the, it's just been, like, I've messed up or, like, the other ones, I'd pretty much, like, a lot of the events I've done, they've, I've had, actually had a really good reaction, so. Mm. Mm. I think, like, it's so important a good DJ can really make a good night because it was, even I remember this, when we went to Hoxton for my birthday, um, maybe two, three years ago now, uh, and when he when the DJ played KMT, it was different, man. Like when it came on, it was perfect timing in the night as well because it was just 
it needed to come on at, at that time. And you just feel like, yo, the DJ did me a favour. Like, I didn't even have to tell him, but we had a link that day and he knew he needed to play KMT. And it was just, it was such a vibe. Um, and it's just amazing how, like, music and stuff like that can just bring you all together. Does anyone have moments like that where they think, right, the DJ actually did their thing that night? I feel like it's been so yeah. long. We've been inside <laughs> for so long. those nights. <laughs> Oh God! Actually, I do have one, but the, uh, the thing is, I don't know what happened afterwards. So, um, this was in Norwich, and um, I was celebrating my boy Severin. Shout out to Severin, he's family. Mm. Um, Six Seven, they came and performed as well. And for some reason, Dougie was playing like I was gone in the head. But Dougie was playing. <laughs> I was with Monkey, and then fam. After Dougie, I don't remember what happened. All I know is I was on, I was on the couch and then that's it. You was on a wave. All I remember. I, re- I remember Dougie and then that's it. I was outside. After outside, I was in a car. After the car, I was on the couch. Then I woke up like 8 a.m. That's it. That's what I remember. But <laughs> I remember that song in particular. That was my tune. So That hangover must have been real. <laughs> Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> of course, man, of course. But I've even I've even been impressed with like they were playing like songs where it's almost like um day parties. Mm. And then they play 21 questions. Do you know what I'm saying? Like songs yeah. that could, they could just pull out of the noughties and then just bring it today and just say, yo, this is the song like you should be listening to. So everyone was singing to it, everyone was vibing to it. So yeah, I would say 21 questions and Dougie. Those two songs definitely. But because I haven't been out so long, I hear that. I'll just see what happens. You know what I mean? I think the ones I've, I've tried, like specifically, is Brooklyn Excursion, like with gigs. Anytime that was like going off in the rave, like literally, like you just hear the beginning drop of it and it's just everyone just. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that like, song is iconic. That's uh, literally, it, it's classic. That's classic tune. Yeah, yeah that, that is. Gigs has got a few of those that, you know, they're, they're just shelling basically. It's, it's playtime done. I love that. He's a, yeah. He is a legend. Give him his flowers while he's still here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I guess just before we move on, what are you excited most about when you are able to be in your element and start DJing again? What am I most excited about? I think it's just seeing people's reactions. I think that's mm. the thing I'm most excited I think it's just, like, obviously this year, and well, practically... Is it been a year? It's been a year, basically. It's been a year, yeah. It's been a year, basically. I'm, in my head, I'm thinking it's been two years. It's that long. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> that. Don't it, do that. <laughs> it's been so hard for everyone, and people have lost people. Mm. Like, emotions have been everywhere. Even me, like emotionally, this year has been like a bloody roller coaster. But I think just going back and be able to see people being happy, like yeah. in the moment, just enjoying themselves, like hyping up to you, even like hyping with their friends, whatever else it means, just like people being together and just being happy because. I think that's something everyone's really missed this year, to be honest. Okay, Alo, you need to do me a favour. When, you, when you're when you back DJing, the first song you have to play is Future Mask Off. That's what you need to do. <laughs> I, <Get> the whole... <laughs> I put on my Instagram story, what did I put? I said Future's ahead of his time, because like, when they play in the rave, this is going to go mad, like, honestly, he's way ahead of his time. He's literally Yo, When they find the cure, play that mask off. That. Yeah. Nah, I'm excited. But 100%, 100%. That's, that's my favour. That's all I'm asking. Because I know you guys uh, talk about like tunes that'll go off in the summer. I think that's definitely, if that plays, uh, everyone's going to go mad. 100%, 100%. He, he, might have another, he might have a number one on his hands, man. For real. No surprise. 
<laughs> would not. Yeah, June twenty no, first. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, let's hope. Oh, fingers hope, crossed. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Hopefully. All right. So on to I guess a bit more of a somber note. Um, second topic. Uh, I think it's important that we discuss it. Um, and it's great that we have a you know female in the room while when we're discussing it. Um, so I just want to start off by saying R.I.P. to uh, Sarah Everard who lost her life. Um, uh, condolences, obviously, to her family as well. It's a messed up situation. I don't think there's. I don't think everyone saw the news and did not feel comfortable with that. The way the story played out, the fact, you know, for me personally, I'm just going to say in my opinion, the fact that, you know, she did everything that women are told to do that they, they shouldn't really have to do, you know, if society was in a better place. You know, mm-hmm. she wore bright color, um, bright clothing. She was on the phone to her boyfriend on the way home. Um, she The route she took was well lit. So she didn't do anything, you know, there's, she, there's no blame that can fall at her feet. Um, not that she should be blamed, but she took the necessary precautions. Uh, the fact that it was a police officer who, you know, more will come out, but it seems he's abused his his power. And then on top of that, the fact that, um, you know, he'd he'd done something three days earlier, was still allowed to carry his gun. It's just the whole thing is insane. And it just goes back to the fact that, you know, we have to we have to do better as a society. And again, similar to the way last summer we were telling people of other ethnic um or of other groups that when black people are talking on certain issues, listen to them. I think again, when it comes to this, at this moment in time, I think as men, we just need to listen to what the women have to say, especially on this topic. Because it's been such an eye opener and it's like the um, the things that women can't do and how uncomfortable they feel in certain situations, it's insane. Mm, 100% completely agree with you completely agree with you was, how does everyone else feel on the topic yeah man it's been a, it's been one of those weeks isn't it like even yeah. when they when they initially announced it it's just you always a fear for the worst when you hear these type of situations and then mm. and it's a police officer and it's just it's, it's just terrible and I think I just, just to echo your sentiment Demi like I think men like we have to hold ourselves accountable for these actions because it's us that are committing these, these, these like things against women. So ultimately, we have to look at ourselves, look at each other. Even just to think the small things we do. Let's say, for example, mm. even me, like I would walk. Obviously, it kind of it's worse because I'm black, but I'd walk towards like the uh, off license near where I live, and like there could be a woman in front of me. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking there's nothing, there's nothing to it. But in mm. her mind, she'll be she'll be intimidated. She might think, she, yeah, she's panicking. It's not it is what it is. So I think as men. You just gotta like think outside of your your own shoes, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's just it's a terrible situation think, all around. Yeah, it's crazy things that we could just simply do to make them feel a bit more comfortable. Like obviously, uh, I live with two girls, and you know they're pretty good friends, so we've had some real conversations. And it's just the fact of you know I kind of already knew this one, but if say you're walking behind a woman and just cross the road like it'll just make her feel more comfortable it's a weight lifted off her shoulder she's not saying completely divert your whole route but like the little things that we can do you know to um make people feel more safe and that's what we should do and it's not I don't want to say the cliche of oh you know what I've got a sister it could have been her sort of thing but you know I think a lot of men do look at it that way um I do have a sister in fact all three of us have a sister have sisters so I look at it that way and I'm like yo that could have been that could have been someone I really care about. So it's just taking the necessary precautions to make sure that everyone feels safe, as they should. It's even bigger than that. Do you remember what, when we had uh, Tolly on? She was mm. like, 
you know, the man them always think, oh, if it was your sister, if it was your your mum, but it's deeper than that. If it's your friend, if it's your colleague, if it's someone that's mm. you don't even know, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's bigger than it's bigger than looking at it from a from a personal point of view. Because I think in our in our minds, we all we only really get affected by things if it affects your immediate. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear that. You know, somebody could easily seen her across the street and not known who she is and be like, oh, okay, this looks dodgy. Let me just try to pretend I know her. And the whole situation is mm. avoided. Do you know what I'm saying? So it has to be. Yeah, it has to be more than just a family. It's like, scary, man. That's yeah. people's reality. You're so right because I've seen that like on TikTok and stuff. Um, and you know, literally, girls are in situations where they can see, or people are, see people in situations where, like you said, looks dodgy, and then they've come up to them and then they've been like, "Oh, you know, is this is is everything all right here?" How are you? And then they removed the girl from that situation. And they find out the girl was like, she didn't know who he was and is basically harassing her. So, yeah, now I think we can, if you see something happening, we there's definitely room for us to all step in. From a female's perspective, like, Wim, it's so, like, this whole week I've felt, like, so numb. Like, mm. basically, when she first got announced as being missing, maybe a day or two after, obviously, it was being posted on Twitter and stuff like that. So I was reposting on my Instagram and stuff like that. And um, I was just thinking, oh, it's a missing woman. She's going to get found and, like, stuff like that. And then, obviously, the news, obviously, progressed that um, a police officer got arrested and then human remains were being, like, found and stuff like that. And then... People were already saying like RIP Sarah Everard and stuff like that. And I just felt so numb because in my head I was thinking, I was still being so hopeful. I was like, how can you people say she's dead? Like, stop it. Like, she's still, mm. like, this still mm. keep hope. And then obviously when they announced that, um, it was it yesterday, I think, that um, yeah. her remains, like, this whole week has just been so numbing because alongside that like a woman like a fellow woman's past she was wearing bright clothing she was literally she was only just walking home bro like and even like when I spoke to my partner I actually thanked him the other day because I literally messaged him saying thank you because every time I walk home he always calls me and make sure like I say oh it's cool you just go do what you're doing he says no I have to make sure you get home like say mm. and obviously when you like I can come off the phone I'd say thank you because I never really deeped it at the time and even like I was posting on Instagram like when I was in uni I used to have really bad insomnia and I had depression and stuff like that. Like two, three in the morning in East London, I'd go out for a walk, like literally Whitechapel, wherever. And looking back now, it was such a stupid mistake because even when I speak to people about it now, they even say like, that that's so dumb because the amount of like um, girls that get kidnapped and put into like, you know, um, sex gangs and stuff like that and held against their will and stuff like that. But then at the same time, I'm thinking as a woman, why can't I do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just been so numbing, like seeing and hearing other people's experiences. I'm reading women's experiences that I know that I didn't mm. know have been sexually assaulted in the workplace when they're walking home, when, you know, um, domestic abuse by partners, whatever else it may be. And it's just such a numbing feeling to think like, I've had my own experiences and to know that there's so many other women that are going through the same. And it's just not normalized, but it's as if like, we've all gone through it and like, as if we have to deal with it and like nothing's changed from it. And now we've lost Sarah Everard. Like she was literally just walking home, she literally just walking home. And yeah, no, it's, it, yeah. No, it's yeah. insane. It's, it's, um, it's the same thing with like my parents. Cause like um, most of the time it's like um, my, my little sister. I mean, now she's an adult, but at the same time I have to walk her to certain places. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, Let's say we're going Grace. She'll be like, "Yeah, let's go to Grace." Be like, "I have whatever." Like, 
just to just to take care of her. I I already know that something could possibly happen, mm-hmm. but actually no, I know for a fact nothing's gonna happen. Do you get what I'm saying? But something as something like that situation where it's somebody random where she's done all the right things she's by herself all of a sudden she gets taken and then now we have to find out that a week later you know she's found in Kent you know what I'm saying and these sort of things they shouldn't happen they just they shouldn't be happening but because my parents have pretty much installed in me like yo always make sure your sister's protected make sure go to shop with her she needs to go shop um just make sure she's okay and stuff like that sometimes it's jarring but it's necessary so mm. for somebody like her where she's just by herself she's an adult do you know what i'm saying she's in her 30s where she's just like nothing's gonna happen to me stuff like that you know we, yeah. we just it just happens of course i mean it's happened but it's just it's things that shouldn't really be happening in our life mm. today especially um yeah we have to understand that It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com There's people out there like that. We have to take our precautions. We have to be careful, you know. Um, but also on the men's side, I mean, we do have to we do have to have that in our consciousness as well. Like, mm. make sure that some people are doing people are doing things to make sure that other individuals feel safe. So like, for example, walking behind a woman, do you know what I'm saying? Like, just walk to the side. Even, mm. like, when I'm walking, like, let's say, for example, I was walking in the morning at one point, and the woman is walking her dog. But the thing is, she goes and walks on another route to come back on the same path. So I'm thinking to myself, why is she doing that? Mainly because she wanted to be safe. In my mind, I'm not thinking that. But now, mm. these situations that are happening and they're occurring, we can learn from it. But it shouldn't be the situation... It shouldn't be a situation like this again that should happen. We should take every every man should learn from this to make sure that women are safe in some way, shape, or form. Mm. And also at the end, at, at the same time, we should also make sure that our people are safe as well. So for example, myself, make sure my sister's safe most times. So walk, walk her to the next shop, mm. come back with her, just have a conversation with her, whatever. Um, with somebody like that, make sure that you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, you're always walking to the shop together to make sure that you are careful. In times like that, 1 a.m., make sure you're walking with somebody at, at least. Because if anything happens, there's two of you. Mm. See what I'm saying? But, you know, it's very sad to hear that, you know, Sarah was one of the ones who was taken away yeah. from her family, her friends. That, yeah, that is it, really. 
See, because I've known you like such a long time and I can, like, you guys are so blessed and I know all of you have been brought up well and, like, respect women and everything like that. Not every man's like that. So mm. it's having that conscious decision that, you know, I was even speaking to my dad the other day about even on a cultural perspective, I was like, because obviously I'm, I'm from an Arab background, like, oh, dad, why is it from people from our culture and community, like, it's so patriarchal, we can't dress how we want and this, this, that. And he was like, oh, we don't live in an ideal world that protects women. And even like with, if I dress a certain way, my dad doesn't think of a cultural like perspective if he thinks, oh no, you shouldn't be wearing that. But he's thinking about my security and safety. And he said that to mm. me before, like, it's all safe in saying like, oh, women can dress how they want, this, this, that. And I'll always preach, women should be able to dress how they want. We don't live in an ideal world though. So mm-hmm. I always preach that, but I always, no matter what I preach and what I say, I always put in to the side, as long as you're in a safe manner to do so, because like the situations that women can put them, not put themselves in, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's just, it's just, we have to take that extra precaution to be careful when we're going out. Even when I'm walking, like, I don't even consciously realize that I do these things when I do it. When I'm walking home, I can look behind me. If I'm walking past like a group of people, I'm like trying to scan the people to think like, oh, what's their kind of demeanor? Like, do they like look a bit dodgy or anything like that? or like yeah it's just constantly and it's draining it it's is and constantly having that precaution like oh if i wear this is a guy gonna do this is that and i remember posting well not remember literally like two days ago i posted on instagram because loads of people were talking about their experiences so i thought oh let me say mine and there's been a few instances but one in particular i was out with my friend and like we was in the smoking area and i was with a guy and my best friend at the time and she'd knocked the guy's drink over and like this other guy, like some random guys drink over. And this guy, I don't know if he was drunk, whatever, like big guy come up to her and said, you're paying for my drink. You're effing this, this, that, you're paying for my drink. And she weren't backing herself. So I said, she's not paying for your drink. Like you left it on the floor. She's not paying for your drink. This guy got him. I was saying it calmly as well. This guy got in my face, hurling abuse at me, spat in my face and was saying like, oh, if we, if we, like, if we was outside, this would be a completely different situation. Like basically saying he's going to F me up. And I was shook after, like I was standing my ground, like, cause I'm quite like a tough, fiery person anyway. I'm not going to let anyone make me back down. But then like, as he walked off, I kind of like deflated a bit. And I was like, that situation could have gone completely differently. Yeah. And, yeah. Friend, and the guy friend didn't say a single thing. Even the guy friend. That's crazy. And obviously when he walked off, he was like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And mm. I was just standing there like. <laughs> you didn't back it. <laughs> like you literally watched all that happen. <laughs> yeah. I was back you didn't do nothing and yeah just the whole night i just felt like i've I've, i literally had a man spit in my face just because i said yeah that's insane nah for real just insane that was one of the worst instances or like if i've gone out someone's grabbed me or like i've been followed or stuff like that like it's just it's it's literally i don't think men like some men realize the extent of how bad it is maybe even all men don't realize because some men that i'm seeing now i don't maybe even you guys you might not have actually realized what women go through until maybe this week like to the full extent if you're reading people's experiences maybe that you know of yeah you haven't actually thought of and maybe for raw like i've known her for so long i didn't even know that that even happened to her that's happened to women and i think it's, it's a real eye-opening experience i think yeah, for everyone 100 percent the thing is that's sad like i yeah. had to actually delete i'm deleting twitter for good because that thing is so toxic the amount of like men that are saying like disgusting things that like not even people that i know you know if you like go under a thread and see things yeah like whether mm. it's race whether it's to do with gender some of the things that people say like it's just it's just so disgusting and this was one of the weeks i just thought yeah um yeah it was like when when it was to do with the migrants Black Lives Matter, and then this, I just thought, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore because yeah, I completely agree. It's just disgusting. Yeah, it's just 
Some people just don't. I think, know. yeah. What I've learned is just how, like, different our lives are in the sense that, you know, there's things that I can do that, you know, that women just wouldn't even think about doing. Sometimes if you say it's late at night and you fall asleep on the train, like, I'm not, I'm, I just, that's never been con- a concern or of mine. Like, it's not an issue. Or I've just done it and I'm not batting eyelid. But girls have been like, no, I can't fall asleep on public transport because you just don't know what's going to happen. And that, when I heard that, I was like, that's something that I just do. Like, you know, I have no issues falling asleep on the train. But you can't do that. Yeah. I don't end up in shoe bro. What's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> why I can't fall asleep nah, on the train. <laughs> but can that be happening, man? <laughs> somewhere and I'll end up at the end of the line I said nah this is taking the piss that's a fact one, one quick note I do want to say just even for the mandem I think we need to be accountable and also be able to call out our mandem mm. you know what I mean like I know it's very it's, it's uncomfortable sure. because it's the people that you you spend the most time with but if you if you hear something you see something that's the place to start in my opinion because there's always mm. a saying, oh, fuck what my bro done, that's my jigger, or whatever. All that, all those things that we say and we popularise, they're cool to say in rap, but I think it's, it's... And it's also a very uncomfortable conversation, but, you know, sometimes you hear something your, your boy has said and you're like, no, nah, that, don't, that, don't that don't sound right. Do you know mm. what I mean? And if this, it's, it doesn't if, even it, have to be... Sorry to cut you short. It doesn't even have on, to be on. a conversation. It could just be, like, a few words, like, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you should have that understanding of, like, yeah, like, you know what? I've crossed the line. You know what? Yeah, that's not that's not what I should do. So mm. I hear what you're saying, man. 100%. It's, it's yeah, something yeah, we got. Yeah. It's something we got to make normal because that way, that's the best way we learn. Because you, it's, okay, it's unlikely you might do it for somebody random, but if it's your brethren, then there's more. You can you can have that open conversation. I know Demi would probably pull me to the side and like, yo, bro, you you wild out there. Do you know what I mean? So mm. that's something we definitely need to make more normal, in my opinion. Yeah, I just think having honest conversations with a man, them because it's where the problem. So. I think putting the, all the onus on girls is just not right. So we know what's right and wrong deep down. So if we see something going, uh, a conversation, or we see something going the way that it shouldn't be, I think it's for us to also be able to step in. But again, I've learned so much this week. So mm-hmm. especially when we're all about to be able to go back outside and, you know, people will be enjoying themselves. There's hope there. But I think, you know, it's important to learn these lessons so everyone can enjoy themselves as well, because that was one of the things I was thinking about. Like, you know, summer's about to come. Everyone has plans that they, you know, they want to go out and they want to. But people shouldn't feel uncomfortable because mm. I live near where it happened, and you know, the girls around here, it's it's different. You know, their mood is deflated, and yeah. naturally, as it would be, same way if it happened in Thurrock or something, you'd expect the girls around there to feel a bit uncomfortable and a bit weary. But you know. I've just basically said, now I've got your back. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it does matter, but it's where we're all here to try and fix the situation. So we have to do the, what we can to make everyone feel comfortable. I think that's, you know, if there's one lesson we can take from this, it should be that. The thing that's, the, the thing that's like, just jarring about everything that's been going on is, like, even, like, I don't want matters like this to just be a hype moment and disappear. Like, even, like... Mm. I didn't I'd, I'd never want a situation and a topic and you know what people are experiencing to be a hype moment and people saying yeah this should stop and then it gets forgotten about forgotten about sorry because even like what we've seen with like George Floyd and stuff like that like we've we've all marched we've all we've protested we've like screamed like why can't we just have like people just be fair to all communities and races racism mm. is still going on we can still keep preaching to the higher heavens protect women women should be protected 
rapes are still going to happen. Black people are still going to get kidnapped. And it just like, I want to be hopeful to say like one day all these nasty things like from all sorts of things are going to stop. But then at the same time, like even like what I was saying before, like we don't live in an ideal world. We can try and do mm. to reduce it and change it. But there are so many wicked and evil people out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's just I don't know if it's even virtually like possible to get it. Quick. But I think when I think of stuff like that, I just I can't because you'll go you will send yourself insane if you think you can oh, fix God, the yeah. whole world. Yeah. So I just think the most important thing to me, and it's it's not selfish, but I think it's what can I do as long as I'm living the way that I preach and I'm taking the necessary steps, you know, to make sure that I'm practicing what I'm preaching then that's important. And I'm making sure my community as well does yeah. that. You can only, you can't fix everything, unfortunately. And that's, that would, in an ideal world, we could, but we can't. So it's just about making sure you yourself are doing the right things. And then your community as well, your immediate community as well. At least that way, you know that you've had some impact. I love that, literally. I feel like sometimes I get so empathetic with like the world because even like on socials, I've, even when I've worked with brands, I've always made it a key point. Like I can grow my brand in socials, but I want to make people aware of what's going on in the world. That's always mm. been one of my main things. And like, you can just become so aware of everything that's happening. Like I watch documentaries, I'll read the news. Some people I know don't even like reading the news because they're like, oh, I just don't want the negative energy. But mm. like when you're so empathetic and you take in all of that energy and you just like, you want to be able to save the world. You become so helpless to try and like exactly mm. what, what you said. You can't, you can't save the world. You can't. So like, even to you guys, the fact that you guys have like sat back and like reevaluated, like, oh, this is what I could do. This is what like maybe could help a woman feel more comfortable. Like even like little steps like that, like it means so much to us because it mm. means there are men out there that actually care. And you know what? It's been sad because this week, like we've seen Sarah Everard pass and she's gone missing and women are speaking out. And then you see the hashtags like, not all men and it's just like it's just exactly the same like all lives matter like no one's saying that all lives do matter but that's not the topic that's not what we're talking about like mm. not all men but that's not what we're talking about there is a lot of men that do do it and it's it maybe it's not all women but maybe it's not all men but all women are experiencing it do you know what mm-hmm. i mean so, yeah that's a fact yeah, so I think when people again it goes back to what I said when people are talking on topics that are important to them or that they care about, just listen, like take it in. Mm. It's not all men, you know that within yourselves, like don't be stupid. But right now, that's the top, that's the topic. Let, let the woman have the stage and let them speak their, their truth. And believe us, that's one of the key things because there's even like in the instances in the music industry, there's women that I know that have faced certain things that are too afraid to speak out. Some things that mm. I've that I'm not I'm not ready to speak out on because you'd like people would just they just won't believe you if you're not sitting there with mountains of proof that this this has happened print screens this this that there's so many like maybe not so many there's a portion of people that will say that didn't happen and maybe try and make people deflect and think yeah no that didn't happen when we have been suffering do you know what I mean so mm. it's making women feel better and if a woman tells you something believe them because the amount of proportion of women that don't even go to the police when it comes to rape cases, abuse cases, because the police either don't do anything or they don't believe them. It's mm-hmm. sad. It's really sad. Mm. sad. I just, I think we just have to do better as a society and take lessons when things like this happen. I think that's all we can do. Make sure your community is good. Like Colin said, make sure you're checking up on your mandem. Um, just making sure that we learn from this wholeheartedly. That is it'd be a shame for something like this to happen and you know again like you said 
it shouldn't just be something that blows up. We should really take lessons from this and then go on to put it into practice. Yeah. So I guess just before we move on to the next topic, just again, condolences to uh, Sir Everard's family, um, RIP to her. Um, and yeah, it's just, we have to learn going forward. Um, okay, so the next topic for today is, uh, it kind of got spurred on because last week Iman said, uh, I often call albums a classic way too early or I've said a lot of albums are classics um so I just wanted to get people's opinions on what for them are classic albums are you asking like you know, like uh like album titles like by artists or just like specific uh, yeah, ones? Classic, any. What's, what, yeah any basically hmm. it can also be personal classics as well it doesn't have to be an album that like everyone thinks is a classic which is something I'm trying to differentiate from more now like if I think it's a classic, doesn't mean the whole room thinks it's a classic. Obviously, there's albums like Illmatic um, that everyone thinks is a classic. You know, it's like staples um, in it, and like staples yeah. in, in the genre. Like Boy in the Corner was everyone's going to say that's a classic yeah, just because exactly. of that, what it is and stuff mm, like that. But, but then there's personal ones as well, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking, I was thinking, oh god, wow, what am I going to come up with? Because I know these men are going to say rap albums and stuff like that. This is that, and I'm thinking like obviously there's universal classic stuff but then there's obviously personal classic stuff for me one of them because I literally come across the album again the other day and I was just sitting there listening and singing on my bed like a hyphen like oh my god I remember like <laughs> Frank Ocean Channel Orange like that was just like classic yeah, yeah that's a classic I'm wearing an orange hoodie which is actually mad but yeah it was just like <laughs> he's like literally insane like melodically everything like the, it was just like classic album is something you listen back to and it just brings back so mem- like many memories and you just think that moment of like listening to it and taking it in and it's just been a classic over time but maybe not really a classic for everyone but um I do know obviously a lot of people you obviously probably have heard it and stuff like that or um might like it or whatever but yeah to some people that's like a classic album I guess that is a classic that's too many man yeah, many. I was stumped yeah, when I get... asked this. I thought, oh, and I had to call someone. Get off. Oh, let's think of some classic <laughs> albums because I'm like, you... my mind got spun. There's so many. There is and so many, but it's just a case of being able to just mm. you can discuss them or just say like your personal favorites as well. Personal favorites. I love um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye. I think that was like his peak of his powers. Um, mm. uh, Good Kid, Mad City was amazing as well when that first came out. That was like quite close to Channel Orange as well because so that that time frame kind of was all condensed to me yeah um Definitely. Drake as well Drake's got a few to be fair yeah I saw the debate on Twitter so they were saying take care nothing was the same and if you're reading this I'm not mad at that I think that's fair I'm not mad at it I know people like favor one over the other I know some people love take care more than the rest which is fine mm-hmm. um, I don't even know sometimes I think uh, I think take care is good for sure but I just think it's it's so long. <laughs> I think it was one time. It's down there an hour and a half. And I'm like, uh, I'll never forget. Um, uh, we went to school with him, um, Harry Johnson, and um, probably had about five conversations with the kid. But he's he's a good kid. But um, he was talking about buying the Drake album. With me. He was like, "I'm taking this back to HMV. It's too long." <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. That's true. I agreed. But <laughs> I can't believe he, he was like, yeah, I'm returning this. The album's too long. At an hour and a half, I don't blame him, man. Because mm. the album is long. But 
I think Chris Brown I think... the longest one. Didn't he have like 40 songs on an oh, album? Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't oh, even listen to the album, but oh my god, no, yeah, no, that's too that's I think the longest album that's probably taken them. He was taking the what was the thought process behind that? I don't know, man. <laughs> there was none. There was none. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, but I think with stuff that's obviously happened in the past and like events and certain things, I don't think maybe he's appreciated talent-wise as much as what he should be. And obviously what mm. happened, maybe him and Rihanna, like not maybe, what did happen was obviously really bad. But I think that's just taken such a stint. I think it was just like, yeah. here's everything, take all of it. You know, this is like, yeah. this is like, and I think it was just a big, you know, listen to me kind of thing. I think he's got a good album in fame, but I don't know. Whenever I think about that album, I always think, hmm, is that more because I was in year 11 and there's some songs on there that I really enjoyed? 100%. Yeah, 100%. You're not, you're not listening to Year Times 3 right now, bro. You're, <laughs> you're definitely not listening to that tune right now. What's the one, the dance tune that he had that everyone loved? Live your life, live your life. Oh my Beautiful God. people. Beautiful yeah. people. <laughs> It's a good song, to be honest. It is with you. a good song. It is a good song. Now nah, you had that time period unlocked, man. Yeah, I really like Jack Carlo. He's like literally, he's hilarious. <laughs> he's too funny. He's, he's so, definitely he's, one of my. He's so hilarious. He's so funny. He's definitely one of my best fans that I found recently, and his album that just came out was he's pretty good. Bad. Actually, he's not bad. Nah, he's not well, bad. The boy can spit. Yeah. Nah, I'm not we saying just... it's a classic. Chill, yeah. chill, chill. It's, it's a, a good album, though. <laughs> I remember, can you remember albums that I've said that are classic that you looked at me funny? Um, no, the people of Mumbai and the people of New Delhi can go back on the episodes and listen to every single <laughs> episode and find out. <laughs> um, uh, shout, shout out to the listeners, but um, I think my, my classic album is well, this is my introduction to hip hop. Um, this was um, Beg for Mercy by G Unit. Shout mm. shout outs to Omar. Like Omar brought me in. I was listening to it. I was like, what the hell is this? And <laughs> it was the first track from like Young Buck. Like he says, vacate your home, I come to break your bones. Like <laughs> I was, and the thing is, I'm in a Christian household. I should not be listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact <laughs> so the fact of the matter is, is vacate your home, I come to break your bones. It's like, oh, this is this is something special. This is something nice. <laughs> So um, definitely beg for mercy, and then also so far gone, man. I think that's a classic oh, for everybody. Of that's definitely a classic for everybody because, mm. especially the time when I went to Alabama, like that was on a school trip. So that was the album I used to listen to like the whole entire time. Um, mm. But yeah, no, those two albums definitely a classic. Definitely, no. definitely a classic. Yeah, for me. Also, get Richard that trying, man. I that was a time in my life, man. I remember it, in the club was just something special. Like that was just couldn't escape it. That you still can't. Is, you still can't escape it. <laughs> boy, it's still ringing off somewhere in the world right now. Hundred percent, man. In the club was a moment, and then you know the the fact that you had so many good follow up singles from that from that album. You know, um, I think Twenty One Questions is on there. Um, it's just such a solid project. Um, that is that was a moment for me. I think classic albums also they they create a space and in, in your memory and they create their moment for you as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I would even I would even go as far as saying um, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa was a was a classic album as well, especially because that was when grime was at its peak mm. and more so. I think every everybody 
I was just talking about that album and everybody loved the album at the same time. Do you get what mm. I'm saying? And, and it just, that was what, 2014, I think? Mm-hmm. 2014, 15. So yeah, no, that album, it banged differently. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was a special, yeah, it was that's, definitely that's a special definitely moment. A for me. See, I think Konnichiwa, and then I also think Blacklist did, like before, like I think Blacklist is just like... Yeah. Yeah. Blacklist is better on that. Oh, Blacklist is oh. such a... Oh. Oh my god, like it's literally that is such a classic album. 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But the reason, but the reason why I, like, I definitely I definitely love Blacklisted, but the thing about Kanichi was that everybody, it, yeah, where it was, it was the same, everybody was on the same vibe. Mm. Do you know mm. what I'm saying? Whereas Blacklisted, I don't think a lot of people listened to Blacklisted at that time, whereas Kanichi, everybody listened to it. So, yeah, yeah, I hear that. It was definitely a moment in time, the time before, basically. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Now I think there's there's some definitely good suggestions. Has has any recently has a classic been released? Collins, I see you made in Lagos. It could be, but I feel I thought about this album. I feel kind of sad because we should have been outside when this came out. Yeah, he put it, crack in that album, man. It's it different. I still maintain Get's album will be classic when time time goes by for sure. Mm. And I think Kano's uh, hoodies. I can't remember the name of the four album when that yeah. came out I think that's a sensational yeah. album as well mm. um, but in the Young Bucks as well like um, Huss has Huss has a couple now if I'm being honest with you yeah. um, and uh, Dave as well Dave's album you could argue yeah so, yeah, that's you could true. argue it you could argue it um, Dave fucking else he's literally like, he's an alien yeah. man. that kid's an alien for real <laughs> <laughs> that's actually even a- oh, my so God. cold just intertwined so sick like so cold. So sick. Even the tune that they done together and the video, everything was just so cold. It's I had clean. that repeat like for days when that came out. Whole album. Yeah. His verses, yeah, nah, he's he's different. It's nice to see that the you know because they have this conversation on Joe Bodden podcast quite a bit and they talk about rappers that are aliens and like they're just they're not from this world. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see we probably always have, but we haven't had that discussion. But it's nice to see that you know we can identify in the UK. We've got people like that, like Jay Huss straight alien like anything he touches is turn it turns to gold dave straight alien i think gets is an alien you know now that we're are able you to start listening having... to ambush are you i like i you man you muted yourself bro hello you man listening to ambush like that like he's actually a crazy guy what well, uh, not too much no, i'm not oh, listening to ambush too tough miss- you know, I'm really like Ambush from your picture, from your background. He, but <laughs> the album started like this. This was supposed to be like, even if you look at his um documentary, like the one he released on YouTube, this like this was supposed to be the song, like the album for the summer, like mm-hmm. legit. But it, mm. yeah, like majority of the songs on this album just slap differently. But yeah, um, but if I was to say like. What do you mean by classic? What that like, everybody can fuck with in terms of like today? Well, no, it's even like personal classics as well. Like for example, I think an example for me would be like for me, what a time to be alive is a personal classic. But I know that a lot of people have their opinions on that album. But I, I, I hold it uh, very close to my heart. You know, so even conversations like that, that something that you might think is a great body of work, but other people might not be too tough on, or you know. It's not looked at in the same light. You know what I mean? 
Even when oh, I was thinking it, like mine, like one of them would be like Mary J. Bly. I think it's the breakthrough. Like she, like mm. so I was trying to think of like stuff, and then I was like looking at albums, and I thought, oh my god, like even when I looked up that one and the songs that were in it, like it just brought back such a nostalgia for me. Like listening to it, and if songs play, like I know all the words to it. Like it just <laughs> brings like yeah, it's mm. like a personal album. Like a lot of people are gonna say that, that wasn't a classic album to them, but to me personally, like growing up listening to that, yeah, that was like a classic album, like a personal classic. No, I love that. Mm, love Mary I guess it's, does anyone else have any other suggestions before we move on? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get us to listen to us, my brother. Well, I'm gonna listen to it after this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out after as well. I'm gonna take it in. I mean, Griselda's doing a lot, but I think. Oh my like, God! Don't I had I mean? Griselda in my head, Griselda fam. They need to come to the UK. On its own, oh they're so gully. Oh you into that rapidly rap? That oh. rapidly rap. Come on, B. Oh even even oh. what's his name? Um, Westside Gun. Uh, King to a God. Um, Conway. That album it slaps differently. Even the cool. deluxe. It just his his lyrical. Tech, these lyrical techers is just something completely different. And Do you Freddie know what I'm Gibbs. saying? Oh, Gibbs oh, is my guy, man. Gibbs, Gibbs is my guy. Yeah, no, Freddie Gibbs. Band, Bandana and um, what's the re- Alfredo? Those two albums, Chef Kiss. Nah, Bandana is something special, man. Oh, Sensational. Like when uh, did they? When did they actually start popping off? Let's say in the last maybe two years, they started getting a lot. Yeah, more definitely. Yeah. They need to come to the UK when they do a like a rave, a concert, whatever you want to call it. Like, but the thing is with Griselda as well, I feel like it's just a selective amount of people that might be listening to them because it's quite like old school kind of vibes with the like beats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but they've got oh a huge fan. Their and fan base like, is a lot bigger than I thought it'd be. Yeah, you, you'd be surprised though, because even when uh, me yeah. and Collins we went to the Pusha T one, we just saw like a completely different vibe. Like it wasn't, it wasn't specifically a demographic. It was everybody, everybody that was there that just fucked with Pusha T. Mm. They were there because they fucked with Pusha T. So with Griselda, it would be the same. There's a bunch of people who fuck with Griselda. That's yeah. a fact. It's bad. Maybe not many people, not in a rude way to them, because I'm obsessed with them. I love that. Like, I can't wait to see them. <laughs> but like, even when I was talking to someone else who feels exactly the same, they're like, yeah, their merch or their clothing, even their clothing brand sells out like that. Like, yeah. but like, they're like lyrically like disgusting. Like, it's in like it's just art. Like, you can't even put words to it. Like, you listen, 100%. you catch the bar, and you're like, oh my days! Like, how the hell did that even <laughs> play in your head? But like. Sometimes when I listen to the beats, I feel like, oh, is that something that people might be into? Because sometimes I feel like it's like an old school kind of vibe, but like a new school kind of vibe. And I didn't think that yeah. they'd have like such a massive fan base because it feels quite nostalgic, but new. But yeah, no, it's it's so sick to see that so many people here feel the same. Yeah, no, they've tapped into cool. something that a lot of people want. You know, yeah. I think they, you know, there's a lot of young people that like them, but they're also respected with the old heads as well. Yeah. So it, they are very much the perfect balance. It is very boom back. But I think it, it's needed in the genre because you've got a lot of this melodic stuff going on, which I'm, you know, I'm happy with. I'd probably lean more towards that, but there needs to be a balance. Mm. Um, and I think Griselda definitely bring that balance. And they'll only get bigger because, you know, they're charting well. Um, and I'm not going to say they need that single because they don't. And they probably don't nah, want that single. Not. They're not making not. music for that. I know Benny so, the Butcher made a song with Drake, but I don't think he wants to, I don't think he wants to put it out because... I can see why he wouldn't want to because it's not what he's trying to do in a way. Mm, yeah, I hear that. But, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right, Demi. All right. So, uh, fourth topic. 
So I just wanted to get people's opinions. It might not be a long topic, but I just want to get some ideas. And we've got a DJ in the house, so I just wanted to um, get some people's ideas on songs that they think will slap this summer. What's going to get the party hot, you know? Just a few suggestions. I'm going to say Back Row G. Back Row G, I don't know if you've obviously heard some of his stuff, but he's got, mm. like, some of the tunes that popped off this year. He hasn't even... Look at the way Emmanuel's smiling. He hasn't even had a... <laughs> He hasn't even had a chance for it to pop off in a rave. Mm. Like everyone was hyping to it, like at home, like like whatever. But he hasn't even like it's so annoying. He hasn't had that moment to even have it like performing and everyone hyped to it. I feel yeah. like when that plays, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping for him that like people obviously just like hype back, like oh my god, we've had this moment. That that needs that needs to have its moment. He needs that, hundred percent. Yeah, he's got some energy, boy. Oh, Real. <laughs> Why was Emmanuel smiling? Why? What were you thinking? Because I want to be in the centre. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <wanna be. laughs> that te- it's that temper tea sort of energy, man. Oh, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, hundred percent. There's a lot of songs that I've just been like, damn, how have we not been able to hear this out yet? I think you know. Um, Laugh now, cry later. Drake and Little Dirk. I definitely want to hear that outside. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. I want to hear. I want to hear Essence by this guy out. Uh, Wizkid. I want to hear that song. Mm. That was slap. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to hear No Stress by him out actually. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. PC. When he says that thing about South London girls, I was like, you know what? Me and you, we got <laughs> mutual understanding. Me and Wiz, we'll talk later. <laughs> Um, uh, you don't really chat for girls is that what you're saying uh, come on, man. Man, there's no one here it's such a dead area <laughs> that's why we left that's why we s out no i don't know why we're still it's called in chaffle, uh, man, i don't even talk to anyone here like i literally don't talk to anyone here you have to branch out that's i it. hear you man you have to that's yeah. why we left, boy. You can't even go, can't even go to like a bar. Where are you gonna go? Las Iguanas or something? Like you can't even go anywhere. I Wait. told them put a club in Chafford. I've been telling, <laughs> been telling Lakeside. That's all you man have to do. <laughs> yeah. you have one job. But then again, I don't want to see everybody there. Like I don't yeah, want it to be. No, nah, it's like it's, it's nice. Man. I don't want that like, to I'm kind of jealous that like, people who have their like who come from a town where they, there's a club. It's really nice because. Sometimes you might just go there and you see people from school and it's just nice, you know, just to wrap them up, say, yo, how you doing? How's the family? Keep it moving. It is nice to have that. And they, they missed it. They missed that opportunity. Up, yeah, but then conversations don't end up keep it moving. It ends up like carry on talking about other stuff and like, oh, I need to go now. Like, it's just... <laughs> well, don't even say hi. Not I've, walked past people, I've walked past people from school down my road and we're giving each other eye contact like, oh, we, we went to school together. Should we say hi? Should we not? And we just walk moving. <laughs> <That's laughs> so, like, so, it's like, bro, I, I used to literally chill with you like in school, like what the hell? Mm. Like, and it's just a mutual like, okay, we've seen each other, but we're not going to say hi. Dead. Nah, nah. I, love, I love traffic. Um, I love it, but it's just it's. I feel like it's just so dry. It's I know exactly. It's, 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 oh. it's a small area. If you've got yeah. people, like it's important to branch out, as you said as well. Um, what else am I trying? I want to have. I want to have Blue Woo out, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> I, I, it, de- well, it depends where. It depends where I want to hear it out. <laughs> yeah. There's certain places I don't want to hear that song. <laughs> mm, that's a fact. Um, it's quite hard. Oh. To point. Go on. I was going to say Heady One um, and Young T and Bugsy Princess Cuts. I'm trying to hear that out. A nice hall party, you know, give him a little two-step with an auntie. Nice you know, hall them party, vibes. you know. You're like, oh. <laughs> a 
a jollof rice in one hand. <laughs> wow. It's quite um, hard because even when you're looking back at tunes, I feel like they've just had a moment like during lockdown and then it's kind of like not disappeared, but it's just like, you don't want it to be a tune that's been forgotten. I think that's what's so good about No Signal. Obviously, you guys must have heard. Of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept like things, even if it was like new, whatever, just still being current. And I think that was just because mm. people were talking and continuously talking about it. But obviously, like where we haven't actually been able to go out. When you try and I even called someone before. I was like, oh, like what are some tunes that we've heard? Like my mind just went blank. And then you just you some you just can't think because you mm. haven't have that experience going out and be like, you know. Ex- excited enjoying that moment do you know what I mean it's quite annoying. yeah I hear that mm. I think do you know who I feel sorry for because I don't know if it will have the same impact it might have um our homeboy that did the Dion remix that was funny enough he oh, said Billie on Jean. no signal Billie Jean, like if he'd been if he'd been able to go outside at some point and hear that would have been a would have been insane mm. I still think it could go off but I don't think it'll be able to have the impact it was it was going to which is painful wow it won't, it won't. Sadly, yeah. but you know, yeah. Um, it's one of those ones. But I keep saying, I was talking to Colin yesterday, I said, listen, if Fine Wine comes on in, in the party by Gets, listen, they're just going to have to listen to it, man. They're just going to. I don't care if they're like, oh, yeah, this is five minutes long. <laughs> they're listening to all five minutes. You're dumb, man. <laughs> Hold the DJ hostage. <laughs> Play the whole thing, bro. <laughs> Let it rock. No, for That's real. True. I don't even yeah. know what song I'll probably want to listen to. I mean, because the thing is, the songs that I'm listening to right now is not is not for is not for, for going out. That's same as mm. this. I can't think of any that like collectively to be like I want to hear this and everyone's gonna hype to. I can't massively except Back Row G for me. That was literally one of the main ones. But then, obviously, if we saw a list of songs or played stuff, we'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, obviously, of course. But, mm-hmm. like, quite hard to actually pinpoint. It is. I think it's, it's just an interesting conversation to have because, obviously, it's, it, I think the harder thing is a lot of the songs that we want to hear out, they've been on the shelf for a while now. So it's a case of you don't know how people are going to respond to it. So it's, it's interesting to see. I just want to get everyone's opinions and see where we'll be, where we'll be at with it. Um, but I think people listen. You've, we've all listened to some good songs that I think we'll still hopefully be able to go off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, final topic for today. I'm sure everyone watched the interview. Uh, Megan and Harry. Megan came with a tea. Harry came with, came with the whole kettle. The whole kettle. Oh my god. That's day. a very hot coffee pot, man. That's what they said. They came with it. It was. It was insane. I didn't expect them to give. I thought it was going to be very cookie cutter. So mm. I was shocked when they came with as much as they did. Um, 100%. God damn, Royal Family. They, he, they're trying to put them in a spliff, man. Hey, speaking of spliffs, yeah, before we get into it, I just want to say, just for peers, yeah, I, we're not smokers on this pod, but we've got, we got to smoke that peers pack right now. We've got to light it up. <laughs> He's been smoked, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Go smoke that Piers pack. Bro. I literally took a nap 
the day that happened and I was like screaming for like days, like Piers, no, 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 whatever you're doing, like it's, it's nasty. Took a nap, woke up, Piers has now announced that he's left ITV. I was like, what the hell is going on? It was actually such a mad week. It's such a, like, I think like, all the events that have been happening recently, it's just like one after the other. I think it's just, like, it's so much to take in. It's crazy. So it is a lot actually, yeah, no, for you sure. What's mad, the, the thing is with, with Piers, right, I, I respect him enough to give no filter opinion. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that's bugging him, he will make sure his voice is heard. Mm. Now, with this situation, it's like, you know what? I'm hearing elements of the conversation of what he's saying. Don't disrespect my queen, blah, 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 this, this, and that. I hear it, but I'm not understanding where this pain is coming from. Mm. Then it comes to the point where it's like, my man tried to bag this girl. (laughs) Then he said, you know what, babes? It's all right. Let me pay for your taxi to get yard. Nope, it's an L. Nah, that was that money, that ten pound, that fifteen pound taxi. Yeah, let's just say it's the London taxi. That taxi took him, took her, sorry, all the way to Harry. Now <laughs> she has is, I couldn't even imagine taking that sort. Oh man, that's a violation. That's an L. That's a <laughs> She goes to him as well. That's something that. you have nah, to hold for the rest of your life. That's family that you see on TV. That family could have been mm. yours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what, Archie could have been a uh, son of Piers? Fam. <laughs> it's mad. That's all I can say. Bro, he's, nah. ma- he's married at the time. He's both. Oh, that just, it threw me. I was like, what? Boy. And he's talking about he like, oh, that's my car. It's like, bro, you have a wife at home. What? A whole wife. Nah, he's he's different, man. But yeah, nah, he's out of here. And good riddance, in my opinion. Um, again, it's 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 not what they said. Uh, I think Amber Gill from Love Island put out a really good tweet, which I saw Collins retweeted. Um, freedom of speech is free, but you know when the consequences come, you've got to be ready to take them. And you can't go on national TV and someone saying, you know, I felt suicidal, and then be like, oh, I don't believe her. I don't believe anything that comes out of this woman's mouth. Because that's insane. You look mad. Now you don't have a job. P45 coming soon. And then he tried so, to what he was saying. I think I saw another clip he was saying like, oh, I'm not saying I don't believe in her, this, this, that. But I just don't believe in the fact that the royal ma- family wouldn't protect her if she's talking about having suicidal thoughts. That's not what you said, bro. You literally said, I don't believe that she was suicidal, which is literally like disgusting. A pregnant, mixed race, black woman... And you're turning around saying that you can't believe her when she's been in a racist institution. Or we don't even mm. know to the extent of what she's even experienced. We have, we've only got an ounce of what she's actually gone through. 100%. So, mm. 100%. That's a fact. The baby yeah. finger sat in light. I know they got more in the chamber, you know. Like, they're, they're a, just sprinkling. That was great. They're sprinkling that. Saying, I know, you know there's even more. crazy about that as well. Like, I remember, I remember having a conversation with my older brother. Shout out to my older brother. But basically... Ask my brother, get me. Uh, anyways, so I remember having a conversation with my old brother years ago. This was in season two of um, Suits. Uh, Suits, yeah, Suits. That's the one. I love that and show. I told my brother, like, yeah, she's mixed race. She's like, what? Like, yeah, she's mixed race. So, like, the fact that my brother couldn't tell that she was mixed race, he thought she was white because obviously she has a very lighter complexion compared to mm. the majority of mixed race people. So my brother thought she was white. Like that sort of questioning, like, yo, is the baby gonna be a dark thing? It's like, do, you, do they even know like genetics? Like, they, they, no, what did they, they think very, the baby was gonna come out like? They are very well educated individuals. They did that. Nah, I'm not bad. That, what a dumb question. 
He's he Prince Harry is white and um Megan is very like they thought she, that the baby was gonna come out looking like me or something. They would have been <laughs> they would have been devastated. <laughs> Queen throwing up like is this what you <laughs> No man, it's 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 sad that, that even someone had to say that. You know what I mean? It's just it's, like when that even got said, I just I just sat back and I was like, whoa, but I'm like Arab, like white, like I'm obviously not black. But then I was just thinking the amount of black women, black men, black kids that are going to see that and see mm. that, that was a discussion that was had. Like I can be shocked about it, but for like for like you guys in the black community and stuff, it's it's just a whole nother like level of like disgust. Obviously, it's disgusting. Yeah, tell me, Lizzie it's on site. It's, yeah, obviously it's on site, but it's just like, <laughs> I can't believe we're in 2021 and we're still having this conversation. Like you're seeing like, um, I think it's Kaleshi and stuff. They're going on the news and speaking about topics or there was one, one black woman went and spoke. I can't remember what her name is, but like the constant conversation that is had, like you have white presenters asking them questions and like the black counterparts who are answering them just like, it kind of gets to a, a stage in the conversation where we're like, why do we have to like re-explaining this? Why do we have to be explaining to you that this is how we're feeling? If we're telling you this is a racial trope or this is this is racist, why do we have to keep explaining that this is racist? Because we are experiencing it. It might not be termed as like you are this or you are that, but the 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 connotations that are coming from it, it it has like a, a racial obviously tone to it. And it's just it's just so wild that like and annoying that the black community have to keep constantly explaining and educating yeah. Like, mm. even like when Black Lives Matter happened, like, I'm obviously like anti-racism anyway, but like, I even took another step back and was just like re-educating myself. Why am I gonna go to the black community and say, teach me, teach me, teach me, tell me, when I can go and openly learn myself. But Same. it goes to show, like, even with the whole Megan conversation, like, we are so far away from like removing racism and removing like so many um, inequalities because let's be real, as much as people here turn around and say that Britain isn't racist, Britain, Britain is, is racist, it is racist as hell. Like everyone mm. experienced it in some way or another, barring the white community, but it's it's 100%, 100%, it's wild. That, that interview just threw me, I was like, wow. But is it surprising at the same time? Like, was you surprised? Really? Absolutely not. No, but but I mean, you just, you want to believe better, you know what I mean? Because it's just so it's so old, but I guess you know what that that family has someone who's nearly a hundred years old in it. I, I shouldn't be surprised at all. Boy, you know, you know what, what that man have been on the past in history period colonization, wow. bro. They've been on booting from 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 the beginning of time. So <laughs> I watched the interview today. I didn't watch the interview. It's a clip you're probably going to see it on Twitter, and it's this like posh white guy speaking about how the royal family can't be racist because look at the the black colonies that I think that they own or something like that. I was like, I can't believe you're turning around. Um, you left them countries <laughs> in tatters. Does that make you, you racist? The you jewels that really... on your head are coming from African lands. Do you That's know what I mean? Mm. The kind of culture that has come from royalty and, you know, the, the British Empire is disgusting. Do you know what I mean? How the hell can you that's not think that? This, oh, oh my God, it's wild. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know, do you know what's really, like, really, really mad? Yeah, it's just the thing of, like, you see the Queen, yeah? The Queen right now, this is, this is like when I go into my thinking bag, right? And I think to myself, the Queen is, like, the, like she, is about, she is the law. Do you know what I'm saying? She is above all in terms of the United Kingdom. The, the way the way they spilt tea, I just really feel I fear for 
um, Meghan Markle. Not mm-hmm. uh, so much Harry, but Meghan Markle. Because it's like, what you're doing is you, you're, you're treading on dangerous waters. Yeah, you're treading on dangerous waters right now. And anything can happen to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if the Queen demands something, that's it. Like, they would have to obey. Like, the government right now, they control a lot. Like, they've taken a lot of control from her. But at the end of the day, she is the one to say yes or say no. And she's given them the power to do what they need to do in order for the UK to function as it's supposed to function. But if she feels like, nah, today is my day where I have to say something, that's it. And it's not, yeah, just, the it's, it's not just the Queen. It's, it's Philip. It's Andrew. It's a bunch of people out there that can just wave a finger and get things done. Mm. So... You know, with with stupid remarks like, "Oh yeah, how how dark is the baby gonna be?" Like, that's that's not a question of like, "Oh yeah, the baby's gonna be a bit dark," or this is that's just to put somebody in a very bad position. And then the fact of like, um, her saying, you know, she's she's going around the globe, you know, as a princess, you know, to give women a voice, you know, to give them inspiration. As soon as she goes to the kingdom, she's being silenced. Um, not. I, I, I think she's just not being respected at all. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, it's just like, They didn't even try and help her, you know? When she was saying uh, she had to Google what the um, national anthem was, like, things like that, like, that's that's the sort of thing... They just let her drown, mm. is how I feel. They didn't give her any support. Um, you know obviously... The whole... Sorry to cut you off. You know the whole... Um, what's it called? The, she mentioned something along the lines of... Um, Archie can't be titled as a prince and it's something mm. that they had to go against royal tradition which was that he should have been titled a prince because it was the grandmother's grandson they automatically get called a prince and stuff like that and he would be completely removed of that because of of him being like part black which is just insane do you know what I mean it's just like I don't know I, d- I don't know but then at the same time it was kind of like it was weird because they protected the queen so much. Like Harry, yeah. like, the grandmother, she hasn't done anything. And Meghan just spoke so highly of her. But then it's like, makes you turn around and think, how believable is it? Are you just saying it because you're protecting the queen? Do you have to protect yourselves? And then they kept talking about like, there's a higher body in the, in the, in the, um, in royal, in the, whatever, Buckingham Palace, whatever you want to call it. I, I, don't, mm. I don't care about. Yeah, I would have thought so. I'm literally <laughs> anti-monarchy. But like, who is this higher being that's like above the queen and makes this, I don't know if they make decisions above the queen, but they always kept speaking about there's this higher body of people. And yeah. you just think like, who the hell too. is it? And how many people are there? And what are they saying? Yeah. No, that's I, terrifying, I think, I, think, I think it's just, I think it's just like, I'm going to make a full assumption that none of this is facts, but I think it's like what you see in the films, even in like, just in certain societies as well. Like you have, some individuals who are high in position, but they have individuals to guide them. Real power. They're proper. Mm. So um, I think the queen has carried, she has her advisors. Mm. I think the queen has probably been in a position where it's just like, I need to conduct my, I need to conduct myself in a certain way, whether I believe in things or not. Mm. Because um, remember when she heard the news that was it, Harry don't want to be prince no more. The way she was like screwing at every single photographer, slowed down the whip, looked at them, <laughs> then skirt off. I mean, we've mentioned this last week, 
But even like just to go back on that, I think the queen may feel a completely different way in terms of how everybody else in the family may feel. Do you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So the queen, I think she's really for Harry because she knows, I think she knows what happened to Diana. Mm. And I think she obviously sees the um, the consequences of that and seeing how Harry's going through this sort of situation. And I think she's really for Harry, but I think the rest of the family or certain family members are just not for it. And maybe even some of the advisors who have told her, listen, you're going to have to Google the thing. We're going to tell you. Like, we're not going to help you out. You see your, you see your son? I don't think he's going to get um, uh, protection or anything like that. Like, certain things like that, I think the, the, the royal family in some areas mm. are divided in the opinion of Meghan. That's a fact. Bless yeah. her. Probably jubilant the national anthem. So... It's hard because we're sitting here basing all of our opinions based on like one interview. And I, I, I'm not sitting here saying I don't believe anything. I, I am solely like I'm for Megan. Like I feel so sorry that she's even had to go through this with like her family and stuff like that. And, and Harry, obviously. Mm. But it's just mm-hmm. like, there, there's, there, there's so much more that we still need to know as well. 100%. That's a fact, yeah. Like even the, the, the royal family just announced a statement to say that, oh yeah, we're not racist. Like that's, we're completely for Harry and thingy. And then I think it was, was it William was recently out in a school or something and had like a black woman in like an African like attire standing. And it was just, I don't know. It's that, like a weird, even like, like, a cult, man. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't know. It just really makes you question to think yeah, like. I was, my mom was screaming. Yeah, we're not racist. <laughs> It's crazy, man. I just saw that. I thought, what the hell are you doing? Like, literally. And I think, like, throughout the interview, I was kind of like, I really want to have this picture in my head, like, how they was presenting the Queen to be, to be, like, the nice grandmother. Like, I, I just, like, wanted to believe that. But you'll never know. You don't know what any, mm. any of them mm-hmm. are like. We'll never know. We'll never know. They're going to, they, they, they don't have no protection. They have to be careful what they're saying. Which that's is really wild, like to remove complete protection for like. Yeah, that's because they are crazy. still royals. It's, that's, it's such a weird decision to, you know, do that. Mama, how much would um, the royal family have to pay you for a photo op in full native clothing? Sorry. How much would the royal family have to pay you to get in native clothing for a photo op? It depends what I'm doing in it. <laughs> no, it's just it's just a picture. It's just a picture. Well, just a picture, just to say hi. I mean, mm. go home, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, everyone's gonna see this. Royal family, you know. Look what, at this guy smile thinking. like this. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's just say after all this has happened, you believe what you believe, but they've said we'll give you a hundred k if you come here full native clothing. Um, I I don't think I want any monetary things. I just want. To live tax free, to be honest, like I think I think that's the said tax free. Yeah, <laughs> we're here to negotiate, my guy. <laughs> we're here to negotiate, which means if I make a billy, then the billy's mine. Yeah, like billy. I'm it, <laughs> I just hit the belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna have to give me a hundred k still. I I'll wanted to that. ask as well. How did you guys feel about watching the interview? Like, what was like your like thoughts like initially? I didn't I didn't watch it, but um I I you know what I could read the room. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So I can't I can't really give a comprehensive opinion, but I could just say I read the room, I saw a few clips, and it was like 
she if she didn't speak out if she didn't say anything if she kept the act it, she probably would have done herself um yeah that's a fact she probably would have just you know done herself and it would have been a massive story and then harry would have to go out and say yeah, this was the situation boom 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 prince william would have to say we didn't know she was going through these certain things so i think sometimes like in the, like it's a bible verse where it says sometimes it's you know it's time for them to speak and sometimes for individuals to be quiet mm-hmm. and i think this was our mm-hmm. time to speak that's mm-hmm. all i can I say on it. and from the clips i had seen i think she needed to speak to someone to tell them like this is what's going on and to put a mirror in front of them and i think that's what really was necessary yeah yeah i couldn't agree more i think for me personally uh, what I took away, because I watched the whole two-hour thing, so first of all, I TV chased the bag because there was way too many adverts in it. Um, also disappointed, she didn't make no mention of walking the park when she was looking for the national anthem, but I digress. I think for me, it was a case of, and we've all been there where we we believe something uh, or something's happened to us and we've told people or we've made it like known that, you know, this is happening to me, that, that I'm, I'm going mad. And they're not listening. Mm. So she had to do that. That's how I feel. Like she, for her, that was probably very therapeutic because she's got people on her side now that will be like, even if they don't believe her or a certain demographic don't, there's enough people now that I feel like, you know, she can she can feel that her voice has been heard. I think she had to do that. And I completely understand why she did it. And same for Harry. I think for Harry, it was very therapeutic to be like, yeah, that was a situation we had to get out of because... You know, if your wife is telling you she's suicidal, you want to do everything you can. And, you know, it was a it was a very good look for Harry as well because, you know, he played the part of what a husband should do and, and what a spouse should do as well. You know, your wife should also do it. But he protected his wife when she was in a vulnerable moment and made a really difficult decision in saying, you know what, I love you. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm going to leave this prestigious organisation and I'm going to basically... I don't want to say, say you know, I'm going to leave my family, essentially, because your mental health is that important to me. So that was what I took from it. It was a, it was a very interesting insight. But again, like you said, it's, it's, it's only small. We've only heard one side. Not that I care about what the other side has to say, but we've only heard a very small fraction. And I think as the years go by, more will come out on this. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, what did you think? I, I, thought it was, I thought the same, bro. I think if... I think if you look at the situation, right, and if you line up all the facts, so if you line up what happened to Diana and the fact that, you know, it's a boy who has now been traumatised his whole life. If you look at the mm. fact that it is the monarchy, they are based on the blood of our countries. You know what I'm saying? Our, Nigeria mm. has an independence because of this country and its whole, like, commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And then mm. if you pair that up with the fact that you know they don't want to spoil their bloodline and all these deep-rooted issues that happen within this country and the the ignorance that comes along with it I don't see how you can walk away from that story and not feel like she's done Mm. personally like I I get why people might think she has a a vendetta for whatever reason but in my eyes you know the proof's in the pudding Mm. man yeah even 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 to like speak about Piers Morgan like I understand what he's saying I don't necessarily have to agree with everything that he's saying. So 
like I understand what you're saying where he's, where he's talking about like, yo, listen, you shouldn't really be going out or talking about the family like that. You know, you are discrediting the family. You're putting the family in a public space where they shouldn't be because they are, they are the family. And I understand where he's coming from, but if we're talking about the mother of someone's kids, you know, the wife to somebody, I mean, even potentially like Harry is still, he's, I mean, he's in a long list basically because there was a line in terms of who will become king of England. He's still capable of becoming king of England. Yeah. So you're potentially talking about the queen, the next queen of England. So it's like, I understand where he's coming from, but right now, certain things just need to be hashed out and spoken of properly. Mm. Um, yeah, these men they need to all just talk and sit down. Mental health, and as she's speaking of suicidal thoughts, it's like, yeah, man, I think that conversation needs to happen because from those conversations, people will then tend to learn, and they will move on and improve. Mm. And if you're obviously saying, listen, you're just chatting rubbish and garbage, then it's like. You're almost removing that power of building yourself up again. So, mm. yeah, I understand where Piers is coming from. I just don't personally agree with it. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that is all for today on terms of topics. Um, Iman, I remember this week, you'll be happy to know. So, mm-hmm. uh, before we close, uh, people get in your suggestions for this week. Music. Oh, not suggestion. List off the songs you're listening to so that we can put them in the playlist. Uh, Ali, you're obviously welcome to join in as well. Interested to see what you choose. Um, I'll start. Basically, shouts out to Central C. I've been really enjoying his music recently. His album Wild West came out yesterday. Uh, good body of work. I think he's one of the few, he's one of the people in drill who's trying a different thing. Listen to the beat on loading. It's not, it's not the same as every other Jill beat, so massive respect to him, but the song from the album for me was Done Deal. It's got a different kind of vibe to it, so yeah, no, that's my option for this week. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, mine is, I think it was, well, it's a song called Ask You. Um, mm. It's by a producer called Emil, I think, but the singer on there is called Aisha Requell. I might have butchered her last name, um, but yeah. The beat is called. She's got a really nice voice. A couple of nice songs on there as well. There's a feature from Nux and somebody else as well. But um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a really good song. I put it on there. There is this one song. Um, I didn't. I didn't gravitate towards it in the very beginning. But since, of course, it's lockdown, no one's really doing too much. I've been listening to it, and it's has it come to this? You know. I'm trying to find out who was the artist. Has it come to this? Oh yeah, here it is. The streets. Yeah, my mind just that went seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That song right there. Classic. That's a classic. Yo, bring back <laughs> the streets, man. Mm. This song on P four five. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I have like one song that I've been playing. My friend sent it to me, and it was like it's really weird. Like you, you guys probably won't like it. it's like housey kind of stuff anyway. Um, but it's something that was been playing on BBC. What's it called? Let me just find it. It was um, We've Lost Dancing and it's by the Blessed Madonna and Fred again. And it's like, it's just to do like with lockdown. It's like a house song. You know, when they have like the whole like, this is house and speaking and stuff. It's, it's some of the words that are saying in it is like, we've lost loved ones and like, we like we can't be dancing again and stuff like that. It's just like, mm. I listened to it and I was like, 
right kind of like it just made me think of like hopefully lockdowns over kind of thing but yeah i liked it when i heard it i, I love that it. Yeah. is it that unts music not like not unts, i don't know like it's i don't know can you i don't know just check it out see. <laughs> probably won't like it but yeah <laughs> yeah, it's something different. We need that. We need that. Don't I worry. Everything in it. Um, so, yeah. Nah, appreciate it. Um, we love that. All right, so Ali, I'll tell the people where they can find you online. Obviously, Twitter, not at the moment, um, but I'm sure they'll be able to find you somewhere. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to come back to Twitter, but Instagram, um, Ali Loren, just like my name in full. Um, it's the same everywhere, to be honest. It's just the same handle for everything. So yeah, if you type it, you'll find me there. Perfect. All right, make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. The people in Mumbai, Delhi, um, we see. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Are you Is this like people that are like listening to your 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 content? That you yeah, see? So we, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we've been able to see through reports that that's where a lot of them are. So, yeah, we have wow. to get a shout out, man. We got Mumbai, That's, that's a fact. <laughs> For real. Might have to come take a trip. Uh, see what they're saying. But um, again, I'm so taking you to the main chapter podcast. Until next time.